This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Peter, thank you so much for uh, coming off the bench for us this morning. You are our sixth man of the year. We thank you so much for, uh, for leading us in worship this morning. The song selection was, uh, was simply beautiful. I also want to say thank you to the, uh, the congregation this morning. For those of you who set aside monies to send out uh, to Nepal, we so very much appreciate you. Uh, the people over there are in need, and I'm so appreciative of this congregation who steps up to the plate every single time when there's a need. May God bless you and commend you for the offering that you made today. And let's not forget to pray. Uh, let's pray about what's going on there. Let's pray for those people over there that God... Uh, would, uh, would be with them as he has been during the midst of this, uh, this great and terrible tragedy. I want to say good morning and welcome to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. Uh, if you're visiting with us for the first time, you are our honored guest and you're always welcome to this church whenever the doors are open. Uh, do us a favor, though. In the back of your pew, there is a visitor's card. We want you to take that out and fill it out. And then you can pass that card into me or to one of our six shepherds. Or there's a box in the foyer as you exit. Just drop that card in there. Uh, we're not going to bug you to death. I may. I, okay, I'll just put that out there. Uh, but we do want to write you a note or, or send you a letter uh, and invite you back out to this church and, and get you plugged in here because I don't think you'll find a finer church in all of Mission Viejo. So we're thankful and appreciative that you've decided to come out and worship with us today. Got to say this real quick before we even begin this morning. Immediately after service, like, uh, like Aaron mentioned in the announcements, we're having a vacation Bible school meeting. Now, I want to say this about VBS. If you're not able to be at VBS during the week, that is fine. There are many other things that you can volunteer for to help us out with, even if you can't be there during the week. So if you have a desire to help out with that, we'd love to have you. God will bless you because of your volunteering. Uh, and uh, if you just want to find out more about Vacation Bible School and what we're doing this year, this meeting is for you. So immediately after the sermon or after the service this morning, just come on down to the front and uh, I will talk to you about Vacation Bible School. So there we go. Courage. Courage is the material that we're going to be covering over the next few weeks. Uh, as we know, next week is Mother's Day, so we have to have our Mother's Day sermon, amen, and I think it's entitled, What Every Mom Needs. So you make sure you, you, you bring your mom out and you're here for that, and you pay attention very closely because I know some things that our moms need. Okay, so come out to that. The 17th, Aaron is going to preach for us, and then we've got a couple of more series uh, of, of sermons to get through this material. But we're going to be talking about courage. Uh, it's a three-part sermon series, and we're going to spend time discussing how we can become more courageous for the Lord in 2015. And you all know that right now, culturally, there is a shift happening today because of the uh, rapid and great amount of information that is being spread across the world. Our children, which many of you know, are being exposed to much more at an earlier age. And there are many evil and sinful agendas that are being pushed through the media. And I believe that our churches, uh, nonprofits, 
Christian groups are becoming more and more accepting of these messages. And what I believe the scripture teaches is that Christians must have the courage in order to share the gospel message, must have courage in order to do that, to share the gospel message with those outside of the kingdom. It it, it takes courage to be able to do that. So today's sermon, the, the subtitle of today's message is Courage to Speak the Truth. Courage to Speak the Truth. Just the other day, I was out to lunch with a guy that I didn't know very well at all, but we went to Panera, and we were sitting there, and we were having lunch, and he was talking to me about some ideas, and I was so distracted because he had a huge piece of lettuce in his teeth, right, like right in the, right in the front. I mean, and as he was talking, I couldn't focus on what he was saying because I was looking at the romaine just sticking right here in the, in the front. And, 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 you know, if this guy would have been my friend, I would have had no problem going, hey, brother, okay, you got a piece of lettuce in, in your teeth. But I didn't know what to do. He was talking to me, and I was so distracted. I said in my head, what a conundrum. Do I tell him about the lettuce, or do I just let it slide? So as he continued to talk, I said, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm going to tell him. And I said, excuse me, sir, um, you have a piece of lettuce just right in the front of your teeth there. And he said, where, over here? I said, no, on the other side, over here. And he kept going around, he couldn't get it. So I said, right there, and I pointed at his teeth, right there. (laughs) And eventually he removed the lettuce from his teeth, but the conversation after that was just really awkward, really, really awkward. Uh, And I don't know if he appreciated me or my honesty or not, but I was just telling him the truth, right? Telling the truth. The world needs to hear the truth. And sometimes it's awkward, and it's weird, and it's tough, but the world has to hear the truth, and it takes courage by Christians in order to be able to do that. So I've got a couple of passages of Scripture this morning that will hopefully encourage us when thinking about this idea of sharing the truth with using courage from God. So the first passage is John chapter 7, verses 12 and 13. 12 and 13. New Living Translation, it says this, there was a lot of discussion about him among the crowds. Now we can immediately identify with that verse. There's a lot of discussion amongst people about the man Jesus Christ. Everybody has a thought. Everybody has an idea. Some said he's a wonderful man. And a lot of times when we speak to people who are outside of the kingdom or just loosely religious or Christian, they say that that Jesus was indeed a really good man. Look at all the good stuff that he did for people. He he taught them wonderful uh, principles. He's a great man. While others said he's nothing but a fraud deceiving the people. And you've heard that message before too. Christianity is a lie. The message of Christ is, is not true. It's all fabrication. But no one had the courage to speak favorably about him in public. For they were afraid of getting in trouble with the Jewish leaders. I want you to underline that last passage, that last verse in your Bible. But no one had the courage to speak favorably about him in public. And like I said... There's a lot of mixed feelings about Christ today in our postmodern culture. 
And the question I have for you this morning is, do we mention him in the workplace enough? Many of us would say, well, that's not the place where you mention Christ. Not in the workplace. You don't do that there. Do we mention him in the media as much as we should? Do we mention him in our social circles as much as we should? And if we don't, the question then is why not? And I'll tell you why not. Because we're afraid. We're afraid of what people are going to think of us. We're afraid of rubbing people the wrong way. We're afraid. And we don't really want to have any part of that. And really what we're saying is we lack the courage to deal with persecution. Because guess what? When you do mention Christ in those ways, that's what you'll receive. Persecution. When you talk about Christ in the workplace or amongst your social circles or here or there, you will receive persecution. People, a lot of people say you're crazy. Why are you talking about Jesus? You really believe all of that? Something must be wrong with you. And as a preacher, I'm a little bit at a disadvantage, right? Especially in the Army. In the Army, I'm a chaplain in the Army, so when I put my uniform on, I have a big cross on my chest. So wherever I go, people know what I'm getting ready to talk about, so they prepare themselves when they see the preacher, right? Wherever I go, people already know. You guys have a really difficult task ahead of you. You have a really difficult task because you're not the preacher. Everybody's are preachers though, but you have a difficult task because people don't really want to hear that message from you. They don't really want to hear that. So you've got a really difficult job ahead of you, and Jesus doesn't want you to be afraid. He wants you to share the truth, and in a moment we'll define what the truth is. They were afraid to speak about him in public. And I hope that our church is never afraid to speak about Jesus in public, on Facebook, through media, at the workplace, wherever we are. We've got to tell people about the gospel of Christ. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because we know it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. And it takes courage to be able to do that. And church, this morning, I believe you have that courage. Acts chapter 18, verses 9 through 11, says this. One night, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision and told him, don't be afraid to speak out, exclamation point. I think the Lord is saying the same message to us this morning. Don't be afraid to speak out. Don't be silent, for I am with you and no one will harm you because many people here in the city belong to me. So Paul stayed there for the next year and a half teaching the Word of God. Now this had to be really tough for Paul, okay? Let's think about the man Paul and let's think about his history and his lifestyle. What do we know about Paul? We know that Paul was really zealous back in his Jewish days, right? And you remember the passages in the New Testament where it said Paul was a persecutor of the church. So he would go around and actually kill Christians. Paul talks about his pedigree in some portions of Scripture. He says that I was raised a Pharisee of Pharisee. I had all the right training. I knew the letter. I was, I was a zealot for the law. And then G, uh, Jesus 
knocks Paul off his high horse, if you will. Paul becomes converted and now starts preaching the gospel and teaching and making disciples of the very faith tradition that he was trying to destroy. Now, what we need to realize is the impact and the relationship that Paul had between the Jews, his old Jewish buddies, his old Jewish circle, and this new lifestyle that he was now living. I wonder what the Jews who knew Paul and grew up with Paul and went to Jewish school with him were saying about him. What is this guy doing? And as a matter of fact, they were so upset with Paul that they wanted to kill him. So when I read this text, we have to realize in Paul's mind, he was worried about death. He was worried about persecution. He was worried literally about dying because of sharing this gospel message. And the Lord said to him, don't be afraid. Now, we have a huge benefit in America today because I don't think anybody will try to kill you literally, maybe in some places, but won't try to kill you for saying the name Jesus. But Paul had to deal with this. And the Lord said, don't be afraid. Speak any way. God told him to have courage. And I want to mention this and be very clear about this. God doesn't care about your status at work. I know that sounds tough. You can be a CEO, a vice president, the president. God does not care about your status at work. The very reason you're in that position is so that you can share the gospel of Christ. That's why he put you there. But what we say is because of my position, I can't really talk like that. No, the reason God put you there is for that reason. God doesn't care about your status at work or your status amongst your peers. He wants you to speak about Christ. And guess what? The more influence you have, the better. It's amazing when you see your your boss at work, who is a devout Christian, share his faith, isn't it? It's powerful. And God wants you to use your influence or your status to share the gospel message. And I hope and pray that we're doing that this morning. You're in all different kind of career fields. You're in different places and positions. But the reason, the very reason you're there for such a time as this is to share Christ with the people you encounter. You're not there just to get a paycheck. But work should be worship. Work should be worship. Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33. Next slide, Mike, Matthew 10, 32, 33. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. This passage is talking about the importance of confessing and letting people know. I told a story a while ago, and you probably heard me tell it three or four times. I've been your preacher for a while, so just act like you never heard this before, okay? When Mary and I were first married, uh, we were at a, uh, a shopping mall, and Mary uh, was walking in one direction, going to Bath and Body Works. I was going to a different place, and I saw out of the corner of my eye like four huge gargantuan men. They were like Nephilim, huge tall men, and I saw them checking my wife out, and somebody did a cat whistle. You know what a cat whistle is, right? you know, and they were checking out my wife. And I said, oh, no, they didn't. They've come to the wrong place if they're checking out my wife. But it was three of them, so I didn't know what to do. I said, maybe I can hop on the back of one and maybe try to trip another up. Or 
So I said, I'm in, a, I'm in a conundrum. I'm in a difficult situation. So that day when they were checking out Mary and whistling at her and walking towards her, I said at the top of my lungs in the middle of the mall, that's my wife, right? And those three guys looked at me like, what is wrong with him? And they left her alone. That's right. They left her alone because what I did that day is I confessed in front of everybody that she belonged to me. And you better leave her alone, not mess with her, okay? There's something about the power of confession. And when you confess, people look at you like you're crazy, don't you? Yeah. I love the Lord. Okay, it's not necessary to say that. We're just at a birthday party, okay? That's not, I don't really need to say all of that. We, we, we know you're Christian. You don't have to talk about that, right? Or when you go out and get ready to pray before you eat. Why do you need to pray before you eat? What's, is that necessary? What's the point, right? But when you confess and let everybody know your faith, the scripture says this, whoever acknowledges me before men, I'll acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. I love that passage. So the more you talk about Christ, the more God is pleased with you. But when we, we keep ourselves quiet and we're kind of embarrassed or ashamed just a little bit, scripture says the Lord is not too pleased with that. Confession is a very powerful tool. Uh, did you guys know that Pacquiao lost last night? Terrible. Terrible, right? We're all, we're all hoping and praying that he beat up uh, Floyd Money Mayweather, right? But Pacquiao lost. Why do we like Pacquiao so much? Because he can't be quiet about Jesus Christ, amen? He can't be quiet. Even in the press conferences, you saw him, right? I can't wait to fight uh, Floyd Mayweather because after the fight, I'm going to share my faith with him. I said, what? I don't know how that's going to work, but we're praying for you. We hope that can happen, right? Um, but everywhere Pacquiao goes, he talks about his faith in Jesus Christ. And it's so powerful. He's not concerned about his, his social status. He wants people to know. You heard about Tim Tebow, right? No, Tim Tebow is, uh, you know, whatever you feel about these characters and their, their uh, ability in sports, whatever. I'm just talking about their passion and desire to speak up in huge and large platforms. And you know what they say about Tim Tebow and Pacquiao, most of the commentators? Something's not right upstairs with them, right? They're always talking about Jesus. Something can't be right with them. But what I love about those two characters is that we see them wherever they are sharing their faith and letting the world no, and I think that's a really powerful, powerful thing. And some of you may be saying this morning, well, Jason, that's going overboard. What do you want us to do? Stand on the corner of the street and with the sign saying, I love Jesus, turn and repent. I'm not saying all of that. I'm not saying that because that's a little wacky. But not, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is you've got to have the courage to share your faith wherever you are and be bold about that, okay? And don't, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. I, uh, I love, I love my, my two daughters so, so much, and I'm so proud of them. Uh, the other day, I made them some t-shirts. I, I went and built some t-shirts online and then took them over and got them pressed up. And on the front of the t-shirt, it says, all things are possible, Matthew 19, 26. And my daughters decided to wear those t-shirts to school. So when they wore those t-shirts to school, some of their friends were walking up to them and saying, not everything is possible. That's silly. Not everything is possible. Some things aren't possible. And Alayla's response was, you know, with God, all things are possible, right? And she came home that day in the car, Alayla and Izzy, and they said, you know, Dad, people were making fun of us because of our T-shirts. And I said, you know what, girls? You don't have to wear those. You can wear those at home. You don't have to do that. And Alayla said, no, 
I'm wearing it tomorrow and the next day. And Izzy said, me too, right? And I just thought that was so courageous because they were getting poked at and made fun of. But they said, you know what? This is true, and we're going we're gonna to let people see this and know this. And I tell you what, I, I was so proud of them that day because of the choice that they made. Um, they wanted to wear it like three days in a row. I said, no, no, we need to put it in the wash. That's a little overkill, but we'll get you another one, Amen. <laughs> we'll, get you, we'll get you another one. But confession, letting people know God is pleased with that. Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, verses 28 and 29. We see Peter here amongst the Jewish leaders, the Sanhedrin, and they say to Peter, we gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than man. We must obey God rather than man. I want you to marinate on that just a little bit. You guys saw the Bruce Jenner interview? If you haven't, let me tell you what's going on with Bruce Jenner. <laughs> Some of you guys already know. Bruce Jenner, the Olympic hero, has said in a very public way that he is a woman. And he's going through the process of changing his body physically into a woman. Right? So he did this interview and he told the world, I am a woman. And guess what everybody was doing on social media and Twitter? I commend him for his courage. What a leader. He is so profound. He is so moving. What a great man, right? And guess what? If you said anything other than that, people looked at you like a bigot and as a mean and terrible person. That's right. If you say to Bruce Jenner, I disagree with your lifestyle. I think it is a perversion and God is not pleased with that. You know what they say about you? You're a bigot. And you shouldn't speak like that. Right? So we're living in a very interesting day and age where you can't just speak the truth. Right? You can't just say what the scripture says because people label you. And the thing is, people aren't mad at you. They're mad at God. So we shouldn't be worried. Now, there is this disclaimer that I want to say. When speaking the truth, we've got to do it in love. And that's where we mess up just a little bit. I brought my friend to this church who was transgender. And many of you don't know, many of you probably didn't recognize it, but she was transgender, right? And uh, I remember having some conversations with some people um, uh, that I run into in my school circles and different things like that, devout Christians, and they would say to me, Jason, when are you going to tell her about the sin. And I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get there, but what I'm doing right now is embracing this person and showing them that Jesus loves them. Because the first thing that we want to do is we want to tell people about their sin. But what I don't see Jesus doing is going around and saying, you're a tax collector, you're a sinner, that's horrible. Repent now. Or you're a prostitute. Turn and repent right now. 
But what I see Jesus doing is embracing and having conversations. And through, through the midst of showing love, he's able to communicate the lifestyle that they're in is an error. And if we can learn to do that, church, wow, we can do some powerful things. But what we like to do is we really like to point fingers first. Ugh, wrong, bad, this, that. Now, that can be true. But mama told you don't say everything you think all the time, amen? Didn't your mama tell you that? Don't, don't say the first thing that comes to your mind. Usually that gets you in trouble. You've got to learn how to think through that process and to share the truth in love in a way that is beneficial to the hearer. And what we learn is that a lot of people don't accept our messages, and that's fine. That's fine. But we've got to be able to speak the truth in love, and that's hard to do sometimes. But guess what? We can do it, church. With God, all things are possible. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. And this is a powerful text. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. This is a very powerful text. When people know that you love the Lord with all your heart, that when you love people into the kingdom, when you share the truth in love, when you live a lifestyle that is contrary to the will of God, people notice it. And it's an astonishing thing. I heard a preacher said, uh, show me a sermon any day. And that's the most powerful message that one could ever witness by seeing a sermon. And we do that through illustrating love. And when people see your courage, they are astonished. And they can say, you know what? That person, they must be close to the cross because of the way they choose to live their life. And it takes courage to be able to do that, right? And if you didn't hear anything I said this morning, I really want you to underline this passage and highlight it in your scriptures. Um, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. Last passage, then we'll close this morning. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Listen to this. In order to be able to speak the word of God boldly, you must be filled with the Holy Spirit. In order to speak the word of God boldly, you must be filled with with the Holy Spirit. Scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit is like a fire, really, that lives inside of us. But Scripture also tells us that we can quench the Spirit through sin. And what happens is, is when that Holy Spirit takes residence in our body through baptism, its job then is to direct us and lead us to share the gospel message. But what happens is the Holy Spirit within us gets quenched because of lifestyles contrary to the will of God. Every time you make a mistake, every time that I make a mistake, we're throwing a wet rag on top of the fire of the Holy Spirit within our lives. And then when we try to communicate the message in a bold way, it doesn't come out that way because the Holy Spirit has been quenched within us. You know what the job of the church is on Sunday mornings? When we come together to worship collectively, there's a twofold mission. One is to give God the glory. That's why we're here. That's our very purpose. 
The other one is to encourage one another, to spur one another to good works. You guys know what a spur is, don't you? I'm not talking about the San Antonio spur. They lost, by the way. I'm sorry, I'll repent later. So happy they lost. But anyway, <laughs> don't stone me afterwards. You know what a spur is, right? A spur is that little thing that cowboys wear on the back of their boot and what they do with the, with the spur on the horse. They kick the horse. And if horses could talk, I wonder what they would say. Oh, that feels great. Like a massage, right? Probably not. They would probably go, ow, that hurts. So guess what? When we come to church, our job is to spur one another. And sometimes when we spur each other, it hurts. But spurring for the purpose of sharing good works with the world. And in order to do that, you've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So when we come together, we're supposed to energize one another. This is a big flaming fire right now that's happening. So when we go out into the world, we can preach and teach the word boldly. And when we do that, the scripture says, God is pleased, and we're building up our mansion in heaven. So this morning, I encourage you to have the courage to speak the truth and to speak the truth in love. And that's what the world needs from Christians today. So as I close this morning, I do have a question for you, and the question is this. Do you have the courage to speak the truth in love? Have you been worried about what other people think? Have you been worried about losing your job or worried about uh, the negative ramifications and the persecution that you'll receive? Guess what? That was Jesus' entire life. That was the apostles' entire life. And the scripture says we've got to follow those examples. So this morning, church, I'd encourage you to be bold. And if we're bold in sharing the gospel message, the scripture says we'll see fruit. We will. And what you'll see is you'll see new people, new disciples, start sitting in these pews. And I'm not talking about through transfer of membership. But we're going to go and baptize and make disciples and have new people here because of our courage to share the gospel message. So this morning... If you are a Christian and you haven't been sharing as boldly as you should, this invitation is for you. All of us can use work to share the message of Christ in a bold way and not to worry about persecution. This morning, if you're not a Christian, I want to tell you this. Jesus loves you. And if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you ought to be baptized today because what you're doing is you're showing God, orthopraxy, right, what we talked about. You're showing God how much you love him. And then when you're baptized, the Holy Spirit is inside of you and you're able to live boldly for the Lord. We have a song of invitation selected. During that song of invitation, we're asking you to come forward. We'll pray with you. We'll pray for you. We'll baptize you. Whatever your needs or concerns are, won't you come together while we stand and sing the song of invitation? That keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll. Fastened to the rock that cannot move. Grounded firm and deep 
in the Savior's love. Is it safely moored? Twill a storm withstand? For tis well secured by the Savior's hand. And the cables passed from his heart to mine can defy the blast through strength divine. We have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll. Fastened to the rock which cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. Will it firmly hold in the straits of fear when the breakers have told the reef is near? Though the tempest rage and the wild winds blow, not an angry wave shall bark or flow. We have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll. Fastened to the rock which cannot move, Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. Be seated, please. Thank you, Jason, for your words today, for the courage to speak some, some difficult things, and, but things that we need to hear and, and things that we need to really uh, act upon uh, to, be, uh, to be all that uh, God's called us to be. One of the great things we have as a, as a church family is, is, a time, is the ability to, to pray for each other, to lift each other up, and to just go to God on behalf of those that are part of our church family. And we have some prayer requests this morning that we want to honor. Um,